Let's read the Word of God together this morning as we continue to study this great passage called the Lord's Prayer. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. We come to our next segment in our study in the sixth chapter of Matthew's Gospel, the passage known as the Lord's Prayer. We have discussed addressing God as our Heavenly Father, haven't we? Esteeming Him with the praise and the glory that is due to His name. Hallowed be your name. And then positioning ourselves as we express our desire for His kingdom and His will to be fully manifested and realized in our lives. The prayer says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to remind us as we move forward that we have put in place this principle. Jesus is teaching a master class on prayer. The master is teaching on prayer. And he said, this then is how you should pray. How you should pray. And so now, now that we've addressed our Heavenly Father, and now that we have expressed our desire to be in His will, for His will to be done in our lives and in our world, we are now positioned to to petition. I knew I would have trouble spitting that out. We are positioned to petition. Say it with me. We are positioned to petition. Very good. Very good. We are in a place now where we can come before the Lord and we can share with Him those needs and those things on our heart. Amen? And we can do that with boldness. Because the Bible says clearly that those of us that are in Christ can approach boldly before the throne of grace. Beautiful. Beautiful. We are positioned to petition. We've replaced our will. We've replaced our desires with his will. With his desires. With his kingdom. Friends, this is yet another transition in our thinking transform thinking we move from earthly thinking and and the vision on from from setting our sights on things below or on earth to setting our sights on things above on heavenly things and therefore alignment comes alignment comes we are positioned to petition 
There is a shift here at this point in the prayer. It changes, doesn't it? It changes from a focus on God and his greatness and his will to now we can move to give us this day our daily bread. The emphasis shifts to our personal needs, our daily needs. And the plural here means that you and I are not praying a selfish prayer here, such as give me this day. It doesn't say give me this day my daily bread, does it? It says give us this day. Give us this day. It is plural. I'm not praying a selfish prayer. I am praying for needs, listen, that go beyond just me. But instead, give us, say us. And I tried to word this as I wrote this, and let's see if it comes out okay. What group of your us do you pray for regularly? What group of your us, did I do all right? What group of your us do you pray for regularly? For daily provision, because you are positioned to petition. Well, the first phrase that we want to look at is give us this day. Say it with me. Give us this day. In this segment, Jesus teaches us to look to today. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Remember that one? Huh? One day at a time. Y'all sung that one before? Our lives, listen, our lives are lived from sunrise to sunset. And Jesus, in his wisdom, invites us to place this day before him. Say, this day. This day. He invites us to come to him and ask, give us this day. Oh, that we would start out each day in seeking what we need from God for that day. We seek you today, Lord. Give us this day. Our trio here at church enjoys singing the song that says we know who holds the future. And so we can start with what? Can start with today. Start with today. Bill Gaither wrote in the great song, Because He Lives, Because I know who holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. Life is worth the living today, listen, because we know who holds the future moving forward. What a beautiful promise from the Lord. What great confidence we can have. In seek, I can seek him for just this day because I know he holds tomorrow. All right? You all right? I'm reminded here in this little passage that we can trust God completely for today and for tomorrow and forever. He's got it. Say, he's got it. He's got it. Give us this day. 
And the phrase is, give us. Kind of bold, isn't it? When you think about it. Give us. Today is a gift from God, friends. Today is a gift from God. One day at a time, his mercies are new. What's it say? Every morning. Teachers, remember that. (laughs) As you go into the school year, remember that his mercies are new every morning. His love endures forever and his mercy is new every morning. That's how Jesus wants us to live. He wants us to be reminded that his mercies are new every morning. So every morning, we need to pray that God would give us new mercies, new grace. Give us this day. That's how the Israelites lived in the wilderness. He said, I'm going to give you enough manna for this day, so don't go out thinking that you can cheat the system. In fact, if you try to gather enough for more than one day, it's going to spoil. You need to trust me. Here's where trust begins to come in, you guys. If you pray for this day, you are in reference trusting him for today, but you're trusting him for tomorrow. You haven't gone on to tomorrow. You're just focused on today. It's a good way to live. It's a good way to pray. It's a good way to come before the Lord. You need to trust me, God says. Wake up tomorrow and I'll provide for your needs tomorrow. (laughs) Living a life in which we seek God for his mercies daily is a life that transforms us into dependence on God. I thought that was pretty good. Living a life in which we seek God for his mercies daily teaches us, transforms us, changes us to become more dependent on God. Folks, we got to depend on God. If anything has been learned in our transformation as we've grown in Christ, we need to have learned, we should have learned, I trust you have learned, that dependence on God is one of the key factors of the successful Christian life. Because if you depend on you, (laughs) or if you depend on someone else, guess what? But if you depend on him, if you put your dependence and your trust and your faith in God, you will live a healthy day-to-day life. Look at the next phrase. Give us this day our daily bread. Say that. Our daily bread. Jesus teaches to pray that God would give us daily bread. Obviously, Jesus was not telling his disciples to pray only for bread. Because I like some other things. Like cherry crumb pie. But bread was a staple 
in the diet of the Jews, right? Bread was a staple, still is, in the diet of the Jews, has been so for many generations. I'm reminded of the text in which Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. Do you remember this text? Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was, and you can add in parentheses after that, duh. <laughs> the tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And we remember the response of the Master. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Bread was a powerful symbol of provision for God's people. A powerful symbol. But Jesus said it's not all that you need for life. And I would infer there that what we are asking for in this prayer, give us our daily bread, is not just for food for sustenance for that day, but it is for all we need from God to provide for us for that day. I think the term bread here is a wider ranging term. Am I okay there? We remember how God cared for the Israelites when they are in the wilderness after their exodus from Egypt. Life in the wilderness was hard, and soon the, be the people began to complain that it would be better to be back in Egypt. Remember? I've looked forward to the expository teaching, preaching, Steve, of a great Old Testament passage, and I haven't done it yet, but I can't resist this morning. I can't resist. Begin, I don't know if you can grab Exodus chapter 16 from the scripture text. I'd like to walk through this great passage in Exodus chapter 16. Give us this day our daily bread. Exodus 16 and 1 said, The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. Verse 2, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Y'all heard any good grumbling lately? They grumbled. They grumbled. The Israelites said to Moses and Aaron, their leaders, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. We sat around pots of meat and we ate all the food we wanted, but you, say you, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. 
I want to remind you that this is a group of people that had seen Moses take the staff and strike the Red Sea, and what happened? And the sea separated, and Israel passed on dry ground with the Egyptian army in their rearview mirror. They had seen that. And now they're out there, and they're no longer trusting. They're no longer dependent. They're no longer looking to God who had miraculously delivered them. How soon we forget. How soon man forgets when God does something dramatic in their life and then hard times come. They grumbled. We should have just stayed in Egypt at least. We had pots of meat, all the food we wanted. Verse 4, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down what? Bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day. Somebody say each day. Jesus instructs us to each day. Give us this day our what? Our daily bread. Was Jesus thinking about the Exodus story when he, I don't know. But I think so. Our daily bread. Boy, we get a lesson about daily right here. There's some good preaching about daily living right here. The people were to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Say that, enough for that day. In this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Why did they gather twice as much on day six? Because day seven is Sabbath. So the dawn happens the next day after this promise. Can you see them running out of the tents? And going... A group of hungry people. And seeing this... this this provision of God on the ground. And God says, whoa, 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 just a second. Only gather what you need for this day. Friends, live a day at a time in the Lord. Live a day at a time in the Lord. Your anxiety level is going to go down. Look to the Lord for this day. Jesus is teaching his children here. I am sufficient for you for this day. And guess what? I'm going to provide for you tomorrow. But for today, gather, gather what you need for this day. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, verse 6, In the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling. Hold it. Just a second. Because he has heard your grumbling, you're going to provide? Because 
he has heard you grumble, you are going to bless. Because he has heard you grumble, you're going you're, you're to spoil him. That's kind of the way I feel here. Tell you what, you stop grumbling and I'll send bread. <laughs> but he doesn't say that, does he? God knows your need. God understands when we walk through difficult days. And, and frankly, I think coming to God honestly with, with the things that we are concerned about, with the things that we, are, that, that we are anxious about, I think God's okay with that. And I think it's under the category of give us this day our daily bread. Moses said to the people, you're about to see the glory of the Lord. You are about to experience the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling. Against who? Against him, it says. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. The earlier text said that they were grumbling against Moses and Aaron. Moses says to the people, he has heard your grumbling against him. Against him. You are not grumbling against us, being Moses and Aaron. You are grumbling against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israel community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking, verse 10, to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. There's a lot of preaching here, you guys, but I just want to say to you that God is faithful. He is there. Throughout this experience of the Exodus, God was there, and he was present, and he was visible for his people in the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In his mercy, in his grace, he showed his glory. In his mercy, in his grace, in his love for his people, he chose to show them his presence. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frosted flakes... Oh, no, it doesn't say that. Thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, the literal meaning of the word manna is, what is it? I love that. <laughs> I just think that's great. What is it? What is it? They didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given. Give us this day our daily bread. It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Here's the instruction. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer, which is a measurement for each person you have in your tent. Now look what happened. Our stiff-necked, hard-hearted Israelites 
did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little, and when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. The one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered as much as they needed, and Moses said, no one is to keep any of it till morning. Give us this day our daily bread to provide for our need for that day. God put it God put it in measurement for him. He said, an omer is just what you need for today. God will, friend, listen, God will give you what you need for today. Look at verse 20. <laughs> However, this is a bridge word. We've, we've talked about bridge words. We've seen a lot of positive bridge words. This is a negative bridge word. However, some of them paid no attention to what Moses had to say. They kept part of it till morning, but ooh, it was full of maggots and began to smell by morning. So God decided that a little object lesson was necessary. I'm going to take a little expositional artistic license here. Your lack of dependence on God stinks in the nostrils of our God. You know what they were saying when they hoarded some for tomorrow? I don't trust you, God. And God spoiled it. I don't trust you, God. When we say, give us this day our daily bread, we are confessing our dependence and our trust on God. When you are anxious and worrying and coming up with stuff to worry about that hasn't happened yet, you are, you are denying your dependence on God. We talked about it Thursday night. Good session in Philippians. Paul says, in everything, say in everything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Here's your choice. You can worry or you can pray. You can, you can be anxious or you can be dependent on God. You can be, you can fret or you can trust. <laughs> God's teaching the Israelites through a smelly, yucky lesson to trust him. <laughs> Moses uh, got a little irritated. Says he was angry with them. Each morning, verse 21, everyone gathered as much as they needed. Say, as they needed. When the sun grew hot, melted away. On the sixth day, indeed, they gathered what? Twice as much, two omers for each person, 
and the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to him, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until the morning. God put an illustration in place here in Sabbath. Sabbath. We ought to do a good study someday on Sabbath. There's some great stuff there. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of your works. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. Provision for the Israelites was a daily gift of God to his people. But then on day six, he showed them that I'm going to provide for you on the Sabbath, on the holy, precious Sabbath. I'm still going to provide for you if you trust me. If you trust me. I, uh, I have some observant Jewish friends. And uh, Shabbat, Sabbath, is the centrality of the observant Jew. It's the center point. You say, how do you know you are an observant Jew? It's because you keep Shabbat. And from sundown Friday night to sunset, to sunrise Saturday morning, you do not lift a finger. Am I right? Sorry. Sunset Saturday night till sunrise Sunday morning, you're not to lift a finger. Here's the extent by which they go to keep Shabbat. I know a family that has their lights on a timer. They don't even flip on a light switch on Shabbat. Their meals are pre-prepared. And very little effort is made to provide meals. If they go someplace, they go on foot, and they don't go far. If they gather, they gather in remembrance of the Sabbath that God put in place, Shabbat. It is the memory of God providing a day of rest. And guess what? It goes the whole way back to Genesis, to creation, doesn't it? For God chose to have a day of rest. They saved it for that day. Verse 30 said that the people rested on the seventh day. The people of Israel, verse 31, called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer and keep it 
for the generations to come so they can see the bread. Say, see the bread. So they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. Listen, generations later when you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Bible says that there were three things in the Ark. There were the tablets of the Ten Commandments. There was Aaron's rod, the stick that budded flowers to indicate the priesthood of Aaron. And the third thing is, there was a preserved pot of manna. It was in the Ark of the Covenant as a remembrance of what God did. It is so important to God. It is so important to God that we understand the concept of daily bread. It is as important as His commandments here because it is placed as a remembrance within the Ark of the Covenant, the most precious of the articles of the religious Jew. Wow! There it is. Verse 34, As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna with the tablets of the covenant of the law so it might be preserved. The Israelites ate manna 40 years. They came to a land that was settled. They ate manna till they reached the border of Canaan. Give us this day our daily bread. How wonderfully symbolic. It is a reminder, as so many things in our Jewish Christian heritage are, of the faithfulness of God, of His mercy that is new every morning, and of His holiness, His righteousness. It's interesting that in the language of the Western culture, we sometimes speak of one partner in a marriage, used to be almost exclusively the husband, but not as much these days, as the wage earner of the home, but more colloquially, we call that partner the breadwinner. Even in our slang, we use the word bread as a synonym for money. Bread remains, at least in our language, a powerful symbol of the fundamental basis of provision for our needs. This petition of the Lord's Prayer teaches us to come to God in a spirit of humble dependence, asking Him to provide what we need and to sustain us from day to day. I read a heartwarming story after the Korean War ended, South Korea was left with a large number of children who had been orphaned by the war. We've seen the same thing in the Vietnam conflict and in Bosnia and in other places. In the case of South Korea, relief agencies came in to deal with all the problems that arose in connection with having so many orphaned children in South Korea after the war. One of the people involved in the relief effort talks about a problem that they encountered with the children who were in the orphanage. Even though the children had three meals a day provided for them, they were restless and anxious at night 
and had difficulty sleeping. As they talked to the children, they soon discovered that the children had great anxiety about whether they would have food the next day. To help resolve this problem, the relief workers in one particular orphanage decided that each night when the children were put to bed, the nurses there would place a single piece of bread in each child's hand. The bread wasn't intended to be eaten. It simply was intended to be held by the child as they went to sleep. It was a security blanket for them, reminding them that there would be provision tomorrow for their daily need. Sure enough, the bread calmed down the children's anxieties and helped them to sleep. Likewise, we take comfort in knowing that our needs are met that we have food or bread, our daily bread, to meet our needs. We're taught to come to God in a spirit of humble dependence, asking Him to provide what we need to be sustained from day to day. We're not given a license to ask for great riches, but we are encouraged to make our needs known to him, trusting, say trusting, trusting that he will provide. Give us this day our daily bread, he teaches. We find that God's hand seems to be invisible for enough, if we, if we find that God's hand seems to be invisible to us and that we can't discern his intrusion into our lives, that may be partly due to our perspective and the way we pray. We have a tendency to pray in general. When we pray in general, the only thing we'll see is the hand of God's providence in general. As we enter into prayer, this conversation and communion with God, and we put our, our needs and our petitions before him, pouring out our souls and our needs specifically, we see specific answers. You pray in specifics, you see answers in specifics. Give us this day our daily, I'll take license here, specific needs. For today, say for today. He will not fail to provide it. You come to him daily, give, give us, Lord, our daily bread. He will not fail. He will not fail. He will not fail. You can trust him. Our reliance on Christ doesn't begin and end with the physical need of food. Though hunger and homelessness still ravage our world, many modern people do not suffer from a lack of food or shelter. Our reliance on Christ is fostered by him to meet all our needs. All our needs. Worry. Fear. Comparison. Jealousy. Sickness. Loss. 
unpredictable futures to the point where we can't even fill out a week's calendar of requests all depend on his faithfulness and his stability come to him give us this day we're asking God to provide for our every need God will meet our needs today his grace is available for today we're not anxious about the future or even tomorrow Somebody said, for every day has its own trouble. Though some may not struggle to meet the need, physical needs of daily nutrition, others suffer from a plethora of other situations and ailments. Pastor Rick Warren, the author of The Purpose Driven Life, asks the question, what does give us this daily bread really mean? Pastor Rick says, Bread means much more than just the bread we eat. Bread means much more than just the bread we eat. Here are four things we need on a daily basis that could be put under the category of daily bread. One, bread represents the necessities of life. Yes, it does. Two, bread represents God's word. Do you remember what Jesus said? He said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Third, I like this. Bread represents God's family and fellowship. Your daily needs give us, say us, give us this day. Who's your us? Who's your us? Remember there used to be toys or No, sorry. Who's, who's your us? You need the fellowship. You need the relationships. You need the family. We talked about this last week. Some of you testified to how important the body of Christ is to you in your daily walk. Give us, us, this day. And fourth, Brother Warren says, bread represents salvation. I need and appreciate the salvation of God in my life for each day for each day. Yep, you're saved. You're saved today. You'll be saved tomorrow. You'll be saved for eternity. For this day, give us this day our daily bread. Through the illustration of the daily bread to provide for the needs of Israel in the wilderness, we get a lesson on God is sufficient for me for this day. Y'all worried about tomorrow? Some of us more than others. Start with this day. Huh? Start with this day. Start, in fact, I would suggest you start early for this day. A couple of weeks ago, I said, may the first thing we think of in the morning be grace. May the last thing we think of when we close our eyes at night be his grace. I would add to that now. And I would say, give us this day our daily bread. It's more than just a prayer to be recited, isn't it? Jesus is teaching us how 
to pray. Our Father in heaven, we want to learn how to pray. You are glorious and awesome. Hallowed be your name. May your will be done in our lives. May your kingdom come in each of our lives and on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we seek you with complete and total dependence on who you are and your grace and your mercy and your love that is shown and bestowed into our lives. And we give you thanks. In the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.